welcome you. We're so glad that you're here with us, and hopefully we're all feeling really energetic because we got an extra hour of sleep or an extra hour of breakfast or whatever it was, um, so we just welcome you. Uh, 
Uh, we're going to start by reading scripture from Matthew 5. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. And blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you are a God of love. You are a God of grace and mercy. Lord, we come before you knowing that we are inadequate. We are distracted people with our minds and thoughts on the things of this world. God, we pray that you would align our hearts with yours this morning. Help us to seek you first and let all the other things fall into place. You say, blessed are the poor in spirit and blessed are the pure in heart. So Holy Spirit, please fill our hearts as we come before you and sing, for you are worthy. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Can we all rise for worship?
This next song is a new song for our church. It's called God the Uncreated One. Um, I'm really excited about this song and I really like this song because it really tells the story of the gospel um, throughout the song from beginning to end. Um, verse 1 talks about the beginning of creation when God created all things. Verse 2 is about how God is our rock and our strength. Verse 3 talks about um, the crucifixion with Jesus dying on the cross. And then lastly, the verse 4 talks about just praising God and really glorifying Him. Um, so as we sing the song, um, let's just focus on the words and the lyrics and how it tells of Jesus' story and ultimately our story as well um, and how He became victorious over us through this gospel story. Um, so yeah, let's just praise together. I 
Amen. May he be honored and glorified. Let us lift up another uh, clap offering to the Lord. From the ends of the earth to the heights of the heaven, his glory is indeed far and wide. And yet he became a man. And in the words of the Apostle Paul in Philippians 2, it says, Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Let's pray. Father God, you are the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the Alpha and Omega, and yet you sent your only Son to die for our sins, so that whoever believes in him will have eternal life. Lord, we confess that we often search for things of the world that cannot fill us, and we constantly fall astray. We are bombarded by the things of the flesh, and we ask for you to forgive us for giving into this temptation. We know we're a society that values things that are fleeting in the face of eternity. You know and see all our failures and flaws, yet, Lord Jesus, you took our place that we would be blameless in your sight. By your love, we are sanctified. God, we thank you for your love that covers all. We thank you for your love that binds us together as a church even though many times we differ in opinion and try to set our own agendas, we thank you, Jesus, that you have set an example of humility and grace and peace and love. Lord, please remind us that we are one body with many parts of different strengths and weaknesses, and we need each other to encourage and build one another up. Holy Spirit, would you impress upon us the fruits of the Spirit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, that we may be the body of Christ, that we may edify one another, not just ourselves. May we bless the church and those around us by the power of your spirit and the, by the power of your love that bears all things and believes all things and hopes all things and endures all things. God, we put our trust and faith in you alone, and we rejoice because you are our fortress and strength, our firm foundation. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen, church, and peace to you. Every Sunday morning, we like to take a few minutes and pass the peace of Christ to one another, the peace that we've received. If you don't know what to do, you can turn to someone or on the chat and say, hi, I'm Julie. Peace of Christ be with you, and then you can say in return, thank you, peace of Christ be with you also. So let us pass the peace of Christ.
All right. Hello, everyone. So good to see you here. Um, welcome, especially if you're new or pretty new. Um, really hope that and trust that you are having a really great experience with us and uh, in the presence of the Holy Spirit together today. Um, if you are new, we'd love to just help you connect further with our community. And a very easy way for you to do that is just to email us at welcome at greatcommissioncc.org. Um, so if, if you're new and just, you know, just want to say hello, uh, let us know that you've come. Um, please email us there, and we'd love to just email you back, um, answer any questions you might have, um, help you get further connected to our community. Uh, next Sunday, we are not meeting here, so please do not come to the hotel for those of you who are planning to be here. Uh, next Sunday, November 14th, we will not be here, um, but you can stream um, stream, follow our stream online. Um, we're actually going to be all together with our like fellow GCCC church um, over in Tyson's at Marshall High School um, in Falls Church. And so uh, all of us are invited there. It's Church Planting Sunday. And so um, next Sunday, what we're doing is focusing some attention on some local, um, when we say church plants, I guess it's another way of saying like brand new churches. And um, some local church plants or brand new churches that we are um, supporting and that we are um, sort of in partnership with. And so I know at, um, at least one of the sort of three churches that we're highlighting, one of them is going to join us, or at least some people from the church are going to join us um, there at Marshall High School next Sunday, and then the other two, I think, by, just by video. But um, anyway, we're really looking, really looking forward to it, so please, uh, if you can make it out to um, Marshall High School, please do. If you can, please join us uh, online as usual. Uh, same YouTube channel, same YouTube same time, YouTube time. Oh, so, okay. Do you guys know that reference? It's kind of older reference. It's Batman. Yeah, Batman. The, the, the TV show. There used to be a TV show. Same bat channel, same bat time. Like, come next week. Anyway. Um, also, next Sunday, um, we have a class that's starting. It's called First Sings. Um, we've talked about it here the last few Sundays, but just one more time. Uh, it's a class that's really geared for people who are uh, new to church, new to Christian faith, or maybe it's been a while, or um, you feel new, uh, even if you're not exactly new. Um, it's a really, um, I guess, discussion-oriented class where we have some presentation, but it's really a chance for you to ask your questions and for us to uh, talk about those questions really um, freely and honestly together. Um, like a safe space, and um, especially in some other parts of a church life, our church life, where I know you might be uncomfortable asking those questions. Hopefully, this is a really safe space to to do that. So, I uh, encourage you, really encourage you, or if you have a friend uh, that you invite, you want to invite, or actually invite to come with you. So, even if the description doesn't really match you, if there's someone um, that you think would want to come, but they wouldn't want to go by themselves, um, you're please feel free to come alongside. Um, and so we're starting next Sunday, um, but you know, for us to know that you're coming, we ask you to sign up this week. Um, I'm not sure if the, I, I think we do have a sign-up deadline, but I think it's just like a, a couple days before uh, Sunday, so I think it's by Friday, but uh, please do that. Um, really encourage you. It's been such a great group for us in the past, so um, just a really warm sort of invitation to you to join us there. Um, the, the day before next Sunday, there's a lot happening next weekend. Um, so on Saturday, we're having a turkey bowl 
Um, and so th for those of you who are not familiar with uh, Turkey Bowl or the concept of Turkey Bowl, it's just like basically uh, like weekend warrior football. Um, it's like, so it's like no professionals, it's just like people who are like out of shape and like watch football on TV, <laughs> like, oh, there's this one time of the fall that I will play too. And so, you know, we make sure to stretch and take Advil after and all that, uh, try not to get hurt. That's sort of like number one rule of GCC Turkey Bowl uh, football is like, don't get hurt. Um, and so, uh, you know, we, we've had like a, a ton of people um, in the past, we skipped it last year, um, but, you know, in the past, we usually have, like, I don't know, like 40, 50 people out there. Um, and we break into a bunch of teams. And it, it's a ton of fun just hanging out. So um, please uh, sign up for that. So that's November 13th, 2 p.m. at Longbridge Park. Also this Saturday, um, but by Zoom. So after you're recovering, you know, after you shower, taking some Advil, maybe you have some ice on a part of your body, you can join us by Zoom. Um, especially if you have a newborn. Um, I'm just like, especially if you have a newborn, you're probably not coming. <laughs> not coming to football, I don't know. Or maybe a very gracious spouse, I don't know. But um, at 8.30 on Saturday night, November 13th, we're having this class called Pursuing Spiritual Health with a Newborn. It's just like the title indicates. It's a class especially geared for those of you who uh, you know, just had a baby recently and um, with different seasons in our life, sometimes our sort of our life and spiritual community can sometimes look a little different. And so it's a chance to talk about that. And um, finally, if you want to host, or second to finally, if you want to host a Thanksgiving meal um, for people who are around and are looking for a place to eat, or if you're a person who doesn't have plans and would love to join uh, like a church person or a church family or a group of friends together, like a Friendsgiving or a Thanksgiving meal, um, please let us know. Um, you can email admin at greatcommissioncc.org if you're either of those you're wanting to be invited or wanting to invite. Um, you can find that information on our website as well. Actually, so the last announcement I want to make is this coming Tuesday, um, we have a prayer meeting, and we have prayer meeting there on Zoom every, every Tuesday at 8 p.m., 8 to 9. Uh, this coming Tuesday, uh, we're going to do it as The Watch, which is basically our name for a time of extended singing and, and prayer. And I just encourage you to come. It should be a really refreshing time, a time that, um, you know, like hopefully all our times, um, a time that we can feel like, yeah, we are here with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit speaking to us and leading us. So I uh, really invite you, uh, encourage you to join us there. Um, we do all our giving uh, to one another, giving to our community. We do all our giving online. You can find um, a link in which to give on our website. And uh, with our giving in mind, I'm going to say a prayer for us. Please join me. Father God, we pray for um, these gifts of ours, and not just uh, the financial giving that we do, but all the different ways um, in our life and with our hearts that we want to uh, invest in this community and in your um, just your larger purposes. And um, this is all worship to you. This is all done with thanks and humble appreciation uh, for who you are and what life you've brought us into. And we do it also, Lord, um, with trust, uh, trusting you to provide for our needs, trusting you to be true to every promise you make, uh, trusting that our labor in the Lord is never in vain. We praise you, and through Christ we give and we pray. Amen.
I'm going to invite Pastor Jonathan up. Um, I don't know if uh, all of you know him. Does, this is him as he's walking up stealthily. Um, Pastor Jonathan, he's been with us for a few years. He oversees um, our missions, like our overseas missions, especially as well as our uh, local kind of partnerships of mission. Um, he's also um, a little bit more recently uh, working with our youth group students who are aged like sixth grade uh, into high school. And so please greet him warmly as he uh, talks about some missions as well as um, speaks to us from 1 Corinthians 13. Uh, you don't see me because I'm usually at Tyson's. So this is my once in a blue moon here. Good to see you. If you want to talk about missions and stuff, uh, please don't leave without talking to me because I'd love to chat with you. Uh, and I have limited opportunities while I'm actually here with you. And I'm looking at these, and I think it's been almost like a year and a half since I've physically been here on Sunday. It's a long time. So I don't know most of you, I can tell, looking at this room. Um, so please uh, uh, come up and talk to me. One of the things we really are passionate about here at our church is seeing the least reached people have a chance to hear about who Jesus is. And why we're passionate about that is we believe Jesus is, is the best thing that's happened to us, and we want everybody to have a chance to know who he is. And so we do that multiple ways. And one of the primary ways that we're able to do that as a church is to support those who've been going overseas. Um, and so actually last year, because we weren't renting this facility or our other facility, we saved a lot of money. Um, actually, we saved almost $250,000 all told from all the things we didn't spend, like food and rent and other things last year. And a group of lay people uh, on a committee from both sites decided, let's give that away. Um, and so actually just maybe a couple of weeks ago, we finally got rid, we gave away all of that money to different partners and different partnerships. Um, and so we're, we're really just grateful, even as staff, we're just blown away at the generosity of our people who are saying, hey, let's not buy, you know, a better carpet or a better whatever, but let's bless others so that they can continue to share the gospel with other people. And that's kind of our heartbeat uh, and who we're about. In case you didn't know, we, we also have task forces that focus on our different partners. We, uh, in particular, we have um, some people in Cambodia, some people in Spain, um, some people in a place called Tea House. I can't tell you the name of the country, but I could tell you in person. Uh, and uh, so if you are more interested in finding out about some of that, you can join one of these task forces. You'll hear more regular updates about what is happening. Uh, it's low-level commitment, uh, but a chance to, to pray and to hear about what's happening there. Um, I do just want to show you this video. One of the things that we do as giving is you always have this opportunity as we're part of what's called the Great Commission, or not Great Commission, that's who we are. We're part of the Christian Missionary Alliance, which is a denomination. And uh, in just a quick synopsis, basically we stand for two things. Missions, getting to make sure everybody gets access to the gospel, and deeper life, making sure that we're transformed and sanctified by the power of the Holy Spirit. And those are kind of who we are and what we're about. And so one of the things that we do as a church, and you can do individually as well, is we support all of the work, over 700 workers in like 80 countries that are largely in unreached uh, places where less than 1% of the people know Jesus, um, we give to what we call the Great Commission Fund. And so we're going to show a video here of uh, some of our workers uh, who are thanking us for having that, and we are a part of that. And if you've ever given to this church, if you've never heard of the Great Commission Fund before this moment, you have been a part of that because our church has been giving to that. So we're just going to let us show, see this video. I'm going to cry, man. <laughs> See that coming? Wow. Sorry, guys. <laughs> because of your faithful giving, we were able to stay on the field 
even under extreme levels of stress and just difficulties mentally. Thank you for holding the ropes for us and helping us to be a light in a dark place and giving us the privilege to be able to stay present and help people walk into the kingdom. In 2020, when COVID first hit, about half the missionaries in Cambodia left. But for our Alliance mission team, everyone stayed. During COVID, about 20 churches were planted. Through your support, me and my teammates have been able to stay on the field and be a presence of hope and light. An 85-year-old Jewish atheist came to faith in Jesus Christ. A woman in Limoges, France, experienced freedom in Christ and was baptized last year. Because you give and you pray, people in Uruguay are finding hope and healing through Jesus. North African immigrants came to Christ in Europe. We've been able to stay in Indonesia and continue to pour into the lives of the people there. And because we've been able to stay, we've been able to equip somebody from our own national church in Indonesia to go to a place that we can't go to. Thank you. Thank you, Alliance family, for giving to the work among immigrants and refugees in Europe. Because you gave, a new house church was started in Europe. In inner city Paris, through an invitation to dinner, people are hearing the gospel for the very first time. Thank you so much. Merci beaucoup. Ten house churches have been planted during the COVID season. We have seen the miraculous healings in Cambodia. New believers being, are being discipled and communities are being transformed by the presence of Christ. I was able to work with about 10 women that wanted to start a farm. The goal was to provide increased income so that they can provide for their kids and for their family, create some good and solid meals for them. And the day I left, I was able to walk with these ladies into their farm, water their plants, and transplant some plants. I just can't wait to get back next year to walk alongside them again. Thank you for enabling us to help poor farmers learn how to provide for their families all year round. Thank you for empowering us to bring freedom to thousands through Soul Care Ministries. Because of your faithful and sometimes sacrificial giving, we have never had to leave this Spain field to raise more support. In this last year of COVID, I've been able to continue to serve at Life International School, teaching classes, giving support to faculty, staff, teachers, and families of the school. You sustained us through COVID. As field director, I was able to be there to support and motivate and encourage the 44 international workers there. And I was also able to teach uh, in two different seminaries to train pastors and church leaders. In a location where our team faced extreme political instability, the Alliance rose to the occasion, supporting us with prayer. Partner churches came and rallied around us. Alliance leaders and member care professionals were there for us in our time of crisis. Thank you for giving, for praying, and for blessing. You! You! <laughs> Thank you, thank you. <laughs> so, thank you for helping us support these people. Uh, can you just pray with me for a moment as we just lift up what's going on overseas? God, we just uh, praise you and thank you that you are a good God, and we thank you for the privilege that we've had to hear about you and to trust in you. We just lift up uh, the missions work that's going on uh, through the Alliance, but also through any group, any person who has decided to go overseas to places that have never heard your name. Uh, we ask that you would uh, watch over them, that you protect them, that you provide for them, that you care for them, and that many people 
would come to discover the hope that can only be found in Jesus Christ uh, because they've gone. Just ask that you would continue to be with us as we look at your word this morning. Uh, would you give us ears to hear what you have to say to us, your people? In your name I pray. Amen. So uh, my wife and I, we have five kids, um, and that's fun. But uh, last year at COVID, we decided not to do virtual learning because I was like, I'm just going to spend all day doing tech support for five kids and making sure they actually do their homework. And I was like, I don't want to do that. So then I decided I'd homeschool them, which was fun in a different way. Um, but we did it. But then this year, they went back to school with everything. And so we have our day off on Thursdays. And so we're like, hey, let's try something new. All of our kids are out of the house, and we're free right now. So we started like going on little hikes and stuff. And the other day, we heard about this one that's uh, up by Great Falls called uh, Bear Island. I think it was like the Billy Goat Trail or something. And we kind of went on this trail, and it was really fun. If you haven't gone, it's really good. Go. But there's this part that's like scrambling. So it, there's no path. It's just like rocks that you're like climbing on and scrambling over and things. And there's all these times where you kind of scramble and then you look and you're like, where am I supposed to go now? Uh, thankfully, they have these little like blue dots everywhere. But there was definitely some moments where I was like, I can't find the blue dot. And so I'm just kind of like walking around like, where is the blue dot? I'm not sure the way forward. And then I'd see the blue dot. I'm like, ah, that is the way forward to go. And we did this whole hike and it was lots of fun. But today we're going to look at, when it's talking about spiritual gifts and living as a community of Christ, how do we move forward? And so the way that we're going to look at here is in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And the simple answer is lo love is the way forward. Um, so before we dive into the text, I, I just want to remind us, we've been in this series here of looking at kind of this bitter spirituality. What does it look like to be the church from 1 Corinthians, largely because the 1 Corinthian church was not largely doing a great job. So Paul's trying to bring some instruction and some guidance on this is what this looks like. This is how we do this. And last week we were looking at, hey, here's all these spiritual gifts, and this is what it looks like to be together, and, and he was trying to address some of these things. Um, and so we're, we're talking about that. Now, as we go into this, if you've been around the church or been to probably any wedding ever, you'll probably be very familiar with this passage this is often what in churches we call like the love chapter. Um, I want to bring mention to the fact that this really isn't primarily about people getting married. Um, it's not primarily about romantic love or any of that. This is actually right here in the middle of Paul talking about the church functioning and living out, the, being the church with the spiritual gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so as we're having this, I want you to not, you know, fight against that urge to like remember every wedding you went to and that really cool one and the destination or whatever. But this is not about that. It's about us pursuing what God has called us to do and what he's gifted us to do. And this is how Paul is addressing that. Okay, so as we're going at it, I want you to think about that because it's very easy to just think, oh, okay, yeah, love for like, you know, my marriage or something or that person I like, no, that's not what this is really about. So I'm going to pick it up here. We'll just read a couple of verses and then we'll unpack that part. So Paul says, and now I will show you the excellent way. After talking about all the gifts and pursuing the gifts, he says, I will show you the excellent way. If I speak 
in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love. I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains but have not love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames but have not love, I gain nothing. I'm going to pause there. Again, remember, that this is not Paul just spouting eloquent poetry about love. What Paul is actually saying here is he's listing off Gifts, right? He's actually lifting off. If I have the gift of faith to move a mountain, but I didn't do it from love, I have nothing. So these things he's talking about, prophecy, moving mountains, speaking in tongues, this is actually what he's talking about because he's in the middle of this conversation with this church to say, hey, I just listed a bunch of gifts for you. This is, this is how I see this, okay? I, I, I've always loved superheroes, and even as a boy, I love superheroes, and I still love superheroes, so I, I like that Marvel's made all those movies, uh, and my family enjoys them. But this is how I see this, okay? It's like if you came to a bunch of boys like me as a kid, and you were like, hey, here's all the different superpowers you could have, okay? And I remember doing this as a boy, right? And then you be, everybody is like, oh, I want super strength, or I want flying, or I want whatever. Nobody wants the one that's like, you know, you can speak really well. People are like, what is that? You know, no boy picks that one. Every boy is like, I want the coolest, best, most like flashy gift I can think of, the most superpower, okay? So this church has been struggling with arrogance and status and putting themselves above other people and making everything about themselves. And so what I think what Paul is doing here is he's trying to like address them before the problem happens. Okay, so he's saying, here, I've given you a list of these really cool gifts that God has for the church. But before you all start fighting over wanting the coolest gift, I want you to understand it's not about the coolest gift. See, see what he's saying here is if you could do all these amazing things, but you don't have love, it's worthless. It's meaningless. You're nothing. And I think Paul is saying this here is because he's trying to point out to them, he's saying, look, the point of the gift is for the betterment of the community. It's for the edification of the body. It's so that we can love and take care of each other and those around us. And so what he's saying is, yes, these gifts are cool. These gifts would be amazing. Yeah, if I could just look at the mountain and say, move, and it moves, I'd be like, wow, that's amazing. That's really cool. I kind of would like that. But if I did it so I look cool, if I did it so that I have significance, or I get ahead, or the people think, wow, that guy's really something, and that's the only reason I am pursuing that gift, then I've missed it entirely. Because the purpose of the gift is to take care of the body. It's to edify the body. It's to be able to function as the body the way that God designed it. And it's for us to be able to do the things that God desires for us to do as the church. And so what he's trying to say here is, look, before you start fighting over all this, I need you to understand that as we pursue our gifts in the Holy Spirit, the foundation of your pursuit is to be loved. 
If love isn't the foundation of you pursuing your spiritual gift, you've missed it. So, so we're already talking about, right, because this is where Corinthians are. There's this group that's going, hey, look at me. I want the best thing. And so he's trying to say, guys, get back to love. But I also think, because I know in this room, we have a little bit more of a communal, I think, idea than some people. And there's an idea sometimes in more communal environments that, you know, nobody wants to be the guy who stands up because there's that old, you know, saying that's the, you know, the highest nail is the one that gets hit. So I think sometimes there's another thing here is because what Paul is not saying is this. He's not saying don't want the cool gift. He's not saying you, nobody here should desire to have the gift of healing or the gift of prophecy or the gift of miraculous things. No, he's not saying don't want those things or don't need those things or don't desire those things. What he's saying is the foundation of those things is love. See, I think sometimes what happens in, in communities is that we have people who say, oh, well, I don't want to stand up. I, I could never desire that gift because that's too flashy. I, I'm not that person. I couldn't do that. And maybe God's even stirring in us and the spirit is moving in us to say, yeah, I have a prophetic word for you to give to this person or to our church or to this community. And yet because we're afraid of seeming arrogant or seeming proud, we hold our tongue. We don't step out. We don't obey what the Holy Spirit is asking us to do. And so we don't live out the gift that God has given us. I, I want to propose to us that I think both of these sides are equally unloving to the community. One is arrogance and proud and clearly easy to see. The other is more of a false humility that says, it's still about me. I'm just making it seem like it's not because I don't want to stand up. But then it really is still about me. But as a community, we might still need that gift. If God's given you the gift of healing where he wants to move through you regularly to see people healed and there are people in our midst who need to be healed, but you're unwilling to pursue that gift through the power of the Holy Spirit, you are robbing our community of a needed benefit within our community. That's not love. That's selfishness. And so what Paul's trying to point out here with this is he's saying, look, I get their flashy gifts. I get all of this. But the purpose of them is love. The foundation of this is love. And so I want you to pursue these, but you have to start from love. You have to remember that the purpose of it is for other people. It's not about you. So it's not about you and looking good. And it's not about you, about whether people want to make you look good. Either way. The foundation, the purpose is, are we loving our community? Are we loving those here? Are we loving those around us? And so Paul wants us to know, as we move forward, as we pursue the gifts, start from love. And if you're not in that place, we need to come back to that place. So the foundation of our pursuit is love. And I pick it up in uh, verse 4. He says, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. 
It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. So what we see here is this, is Paul begins to then say, okay, I'm, I'm saying if you don't have love, if the foundation isn't love, you've missed it. And he's, okay, let me remind you what I mean when I say love. Okay, now again, remember, this is not about romantic love. Okay, this is still in the context of a community living life together. And if you actually see here, you could use, and Paul uses in other places, different words to describe love. But if you notice, as you look at this list, this list is primarily about a community of people getting along with one another. Being patient. Being kind. Not being envious. Not boasting or being proud. Not being rude. Not being self-seeking. Not becoming easily angered. Keeping no record of wrongs. Not delighting in evil, but rejoicing in the truth, protecting others, trusting people, hoping and persevering. This is all in the context of how we are to treat one another. And so when he is saying, this is what love is, he's saying, this is how you're supposed to treat each other. So if somebody comes up and says something that you misunderstand or they misunderstood you and you're offended... Patience, forgiveness, kindness. Don't keep a record of wrongs. What Paul is trying to remind us here is he's saying, look, how we live this out is still through love because love is what binds us together. Love is the glue that keeps a community together. Let, let's be honest, anybody who's ever lived with anybody, if you've ever lived with a, a sibling, a roommate, uh, a spouse, you have a family, whatever, anytime you get people in closer proximity together, you inevitably hurt each other, wound each other, annoy each other. You know, it gets crazy. It's just inevitable because we're people and we have different ideas, different opinions, all of that. And the larger you group you get, the bigger the chance for that to happen. And so what this is saying here is, hey, as a community, we need to remember that we stay together through love, through loving one another, but not just in some cliche terms, but actually in the knit and gritty of what it means to love one another, to be patient with each other, to be forgiving and not keeping records of wrong, to be not rude, not easily angered. The thing is, while we might know this intellectually, let's be honest, we're living in a time and an era where love like this and a community of people and reacting with other people like this is not only not like encouraged, it's like completely a foreign concept. We live in a time where if you have a different opinion than me, not only will I be rude to you, I will cut you out of my life. Because I got a whole other group of people that thinks exactly like I do. Even if they live nowhere near me, I found them on Facebook and we can all be buddies. And the problem is, 
the differences of opinions, the different things with this, when we don't respond in love, what ends up happening is communities are ripped apart. And we're seeing this play out all over our society right now, including in churches. The sad fact is, it's kind of always been there to some extent. It's just now been like exponentially heightened. Mass, vaccines, it used to be more like, which songs did you sing? That still kind of happens, but mass and vaccines and stuff like that has overtaken all of that. And now it's like, oh, where are you at? I'm not telling you where to be at. But what Paul is saying here is, in our reactions with one another, there has to be the allowance for people to think differently than us. And we respond in love, in patience, in kindness, in not rudeness, not being easily angered, being able to hear out one another, care for one another, pursue Christ together with one another. Because the love of Christ binds us together. It is the glue that makes a community like this work. And when we stop to loving each other, when we start being more about ourselves, when we start losing sight of living out the love of Christ for one another, that's when the community frays, it's when it starts falling apart, and it's when horrible things happen. And when the church can't love like this, the church, how is anyone else out there ever going to want to be a part of us? Because they're going to come and say, what, what's going on there? And so Paul is again reminding these people, look, God has great gifts for you and you're all different and you have different things. But as was mentioned last week, as Pastor Carl was up here, you know, the, with all his fun voices, the, the ear can't say to the foot, I don't need you and all those things like, you know, you can't, you can't say that. We need each other. That isn't just mean like I need the person who's going to greet somebody and the person who's going to do this. Part of that is even we need to hear different voices. We need to hear different opinions. We need to hear different perspectives. Why? Because it's all part of the body of Christ. We're all made in the image of God. And there are people who think differently than us, and we need to hear their voices so that we can hear a part of the, a part of the blessedness of who God is in a way that maybe we wouldn't hear it otherwise. That doesn't mean I just say everything is okay. No. But how we respond to people, how we listen to people, how we come together, we come in love, we come in unity, we come in grace. The love of Christ is what binds us together as we pursue our lives with God. Could you imagine what a community looks like if we actually do these things? Keeps no records of wrongs. Not easily angered. Patient, kind. Not self-seeking. Those kind of communities change the world. They have historically. They will continue to do so. As the power of God moves in them and through them. I'll encourage us to do that. Now here's the thing. If we're honest, and I'll be honest, I can't love like this. You wrong me. You hurt me on my own. I'm not loving you. This happens to me regularly where there's a moment in my, I have, like I said, I have five kids. I love them. They're great. But there are moments. There are moments that you just want to be like, 
oh my goodness, where did you come from? And you just, if you're a parent, you get it. If you're not, maybe one day you will. I don't know. But even in that moment, I know I don't have enough. Even as a father, I don't have enough to in this moment respond to you in a way that is loving because you have pushed me over the edge. And in those moments, I have to say, Jesus, please help me. Although sometimes it might look like Jesus helped them. But um, (laughs) if I as a loving father have a hard time when I've been hurt or wounded by my kids, loving them, how much more of an issue is it for us who are just trying to love one another who do not have that kind of built-in love? The solution is kind of stop trying to do it on your own. We can't love like this. God can. The Holy Spirit can fill you with His love in a way could blow your mind. That somebody can hurt you and wrong you and be everything that you don't want in life, and yet you can ask, God, give me your love for this person because I know it's what you desire for me, and if you give me your love for them, just, you gotta love them through me. Change my heart to love them, but just give me your love, and God can't do it. The problem is that most of us don't want to pray that prayer because we want to just not be happy with that person. I just want to encourage us today that if we truly want to be the kind of community that not just gets along, but like thrives and is loving and compassionate and is also abounding in the gifts that God has for us, that it's pursuing them like full steam ahead, we've got to be full of the love of the Holy Spirit. It's the only way forward. So I want to encourage you to pray those prayers and just ask God to say, Holy Spirit, fill me with your love. Because I can't love this person right now. I, I tell my kids, I tell the youth all the time this kind of stuff of like, it doesn't help you to pretend that you're in a place you're not. It doesn't help you to pretend with everyone around you and with God that you can love people if in your heart you're harboring hatred and all these things. Just acknowledge where you're at and say, God, I need you to do it. I don't have it. So would you fill me with your love? I would hope that we would be motivated out of our love or our care for our community to say we want to love each other well. We want to see this community blessed. And so I need the love of Christ to do that. The last thing here, he says, uh, we'll pick it up in verse 8. He says, love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when perfection comes, the imperfect disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. Now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. 
just really quickly, what, what Paul is saying here is, hey, remember, we're pursuing these gifts. This is about pursuing these gifts. It's about living out the calling of God in our lives as a community. And he's saying, you know what? A lot of these gifts that were being given, when Jesus comes back and makes all things new, we won't need them anymore. We won't need to receive healing when everything is made new. There's no more sickness and death. There's no more tears or grieving. So there's a whole lot of these gifts that we've been given that aren't going to be necessary. But love remains. We are created, even from the Garden of Eden, we have been created for the purpose of joining in the loving, communal relationship of the Trinity. God created us so that we could be in relationship with him, loving one another. And so what Paul is trying to bring up here is he's saying, look, even as we pursue life together, let's never lose sight of the fact that even the whole reason we were created and what we will come back to in the end is that we are here to love one another, to enjoy one another, not as some kind of chore, but as a joyous celebration of community together, enjoying each other and enjoying God, loving God and loving others. This is the center of who we are as children of God. And when everything else passes away, this remains. And so wrapping up his little part here of like, hey, we have these gifts, he's saying, don't ever lose sight of this. It's why we were created. It is what we are for. It will remain after other things pass away because we are made to love. And so as we think about that, I have to wonder, do we live like that? Is that our motivation? Are we living like beings who were created to love God and love others? Are we, or are we living like beings who think my life is to get mine and get ahead and get what I want out of this life before I die? Things will pass, but this remains. This is the way forward. We love as he loves. This is what remains. This is what binds us together. Uh, I'm reminded of um, a couple of things. Uh, when I was in school, uh, in like seventh grade or something, we had this week that was called spiritual, um, not spiritual, it was called exponential, or I don't know, I'm, I'm messing up my names. Anyway, um, yeah, ex exponential, you know, experience, I can't get it out, whatever, it wasn't, we, there was no classes, we just went and did things. <laughs> One of the things that we did, was we learned about building bridges, uh, architecture, things you wouldn't normally learn in like seventh grade, but we said, so we like went around and saw different bridges, and then they gave us these little like, like, pieces of wood that you could use to like make a model bridge and all this that could actually like hold weight and these different things. So they taught us all the kind of some of these science, like the science behind some of it and we had to design it and then there was gonna be a competition of like, hey, how much pressure can your bridge handle? So I got all excited. I was making this design. I was like, I think my design is gonna be really cool. It's gonna be really awesome. So we go up there. 
I put it up, and then, like, as we're about to put it up, I'm, like, looking at my bridge again and realize, wait a second, the support structure looks great, but the beam that's supposed to be on top of the support structure is actually on the side of the support structure. And I was like, that's not going to go very well for me, I think. So they, like, had this whole thing. They, like, put it up there. They attached some weights to it, and they, were like, had a bucket where it was, like, you could put more bricks in, and then you would see how much weight it handled, you know? So most people are, like, putting the thing in. doesn't move. They put bricks in. You know, they keep putting bricks in, and then finally, it, like, starts to crack. So they put my, they put the bucket on, and it bows a little. And I was like, oh, this isn't good. <laughs> they, like, sort of put it in a brick, and half of it just, like, immediately cracks down. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was so excited, but it all fell apart. And it fell apart because the foundation of my thing was totally shot. <laughs> if a foundation of our community is in love, it's going to crack and fall. I'm also reminded of a time, I'm not very artistic. My family is, my wife is amazingly artistic. I can't do art. So this was one of my favorite projects because I don't know, it was like in sixth grade, I think it was a filler for my art teacher, but it became like my favorite thing because I was like, I can do this. Um, we took toothpicks and Elmer's glue and you just like, pour glue everywhere, and then you just like stick the toothpicks together and it dries and it stays together and it becomes like a sculpture of some kind. Um, but I remember having lots of fun because you could just like, hey, this is kind of cool. And other people who like could actually do art were kind of like, what are we doing? And I was like, who cares? We can do this. You know, like just putting it together. And I remember just putting it all there. And actually, I was like one of these people who was like, I just went nuts with the glue. It was just like, you could see like, you know, white glue globs everywhere. But my structure stayed up fine. But I remember my friend over here was like, you know, very conscientious and wanted it to look very pretty. She like had everything. She used very, very little glue. It was just like, doo, doo. and then like, because there was no glue, she came back the next day and it was just a pile of toothpicks <laughs> on the piece of paper. Because she didn't have the glue that kept it together. See, when we don't have the love of Christ, Binding us together. We're missing the glue. And we fall apart. I think sometimes we like to say that we're loving. But our actions show differently. Our thoughts reveal another story. What I think Paul is letting us know here is if we're actually going to accomplish the things that God has for us as a community, we have to have his love over fall apart and accomplish nothing. We need the love of Christ. We're going to take communion in a moment. Um, and actually, I'll invite the worship team to come up. Um, 
we take communion as a remembrance of what Christ has done for us. That he died for our sins. That we might be reconciled to God. That we might be able to enjoy eternity in a loving relationship with God. That's what Jesus has done for us. That his broken body and his shed blood is what makes the way for us to be with him forever. Actually, the Bible says that we know what love is because while we were still sinners, while we were away from Christ, he died for us. This is what love is. This is the kind of love that God has for us. So when we come in a moment, and we'll do this in a moment, but when we come, I want to encourage you to come and receive that love. Where you're lacking, ask for it. As you partake, we're remembering what he's done, but this is the love that he has for you, and he longs to give it to you, not just pay the price, but also lavish you with the love that the Holy Spirit has for you. I'm going to pray for us and then we're going to read the Apostles' Creed and then we'll take communion. But I just really want to make this clear. Don't leave this place empty. Don't leave this place without receiving the love that the Father has for you. You can't do it on your own. So don't try. Come to the Father and receive His love. God, we just just invite you now. Holy Spirit, would you just even reveal in our hearts those times and those places maybe in our lives where we have made pursuing you about us you convict us when we say sorry and we come back to love. God, would you reveal to some of us who maybe have been hesitant out of false humility of stepping up and living out what you've called us and who you've called us to be because we're afraid and would you bring us back to love? God, would you help us to see all the deficiencies in our heart, all the ways in which we do not love as you love, all the ways in which Our love for one another is mere lip service. And would you expose that? And would we just come in total honesty before you today, God? And we just say, God, would you you fill us with your love? Because we don't have it. We don't want to pretend anymore. We want to love as you love. We want to live as you live. We want to accomplish all that you have for us through the empowerment of your spirit living out the gifts that you have given us, but we need your love. So let's say this together as we remember what Christ has done for us. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, 
who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. And so I just want to invite you, come receive the love that the Father has for you. Uh, just a simple note, you'll see there's the regular prepackaged um, communion elements. There's also a gluten-free option that is not prepackaged if you would like that as well. Uh, but we just invite you now. Come. Come to the table. Come receive the love that the Father has for you.
as we go from this place. May we remember that. We bless you to be sent out full of the love of God, full to overflowing, knowing that his love never runs out, never gives up. He has all that you need. And so we bless you to go out to all the places you live, all the places you work, all the places that you touch, full of the love of God so that you might love others. And it's in his precious and holy name, Jesus. Amen. Have a great week.